Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast, episode 69. Nice. I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. It's me. It's me, Casualty CDG, co-host of Fresh Out the Podcast and Fresh Out the Box. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I've been watching all these kind of wintry shows, getting all winter vibed up, getting Christmas injected straight into my ocular DNA. And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the Funhouse Drew Munhausen. And, and uh, Jahan, you kind of you beat me to the punch here. I was I was ready to unveil that this was officially episode sixty nine, and and you you beat me to it. And I I was expecting you both to have a barrage of jokes that were going to make me angry and mad that we, that we even podcasted tonight. And uh, I think now I'm making a bigger deal of it than either of you were planning we're to. So here we like are. That. You're not like that. No, we're 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 very mature. Why don't you Fair. fucking grow up? <laughs> so um, here we are, and just uh, <laughs> I didn't didn't realize that the last episode, last official episode we put out was the Black Panther Wakanda Forever discussion, and it's just because that was right before Thanksgiving, and uh, and life happens. So we've had Thanksgiving and holidays and family stuff. And I was traveling for a week and we just had to put off the show and put off the show, but we're, we're back. Um, at least for now, we, our plan is we're going to do a little bit of catching up here on episode 69. Um, the next episode of the podcast, nice. episode 70 <laughs> will be our, our top five <laughs> of the year. 69. Wait, <laughs> You know what that also means, except besides just the number, because it means like a sex thing, I found out. It's a sex <laughs> thing? Yeah, man, it is. Here, use your imagination, but look at my hands. This one is a nine, and this one's a six, and so imagine people... Those are pretty good sixes and nines, buddy. Thanks, man. I've been practicing doing 69 hands all day. I knew we'd be having this podcast Oh, you tonight. do? You like spoon? Y yeah, you spoon, but with your mouths and privates. I drew... <laughs> We did it! Does we it... did it! We made Drew quit the show! We made Drew quit the show! We made Drew quit, quit the, the show! show. We, we made, made Drew quit the show! We made Drew quit the show! We made Drew quit the show! We made Drew quit the show! Welcome back, Drew. Was that was we, that more are, what you were expecting? Are we done? Was are we that... done now? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I just hate to even... disappoint, Drew. <laughs> I feel like I haven't even gotten started. It's going to be episode 69 the whole time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> This is for sure living up more to uh, to reputation. Episode sixty nine and, and, ex and expectation. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where I left off. I think I was going to say that next episode we were doing our top fives of the year, so this was going to be a nice catch up for some of the things we've been watching over the past month or been checking out that maybe won't make our top fives. Maybe some that will. Um, we'll have to see, but uh, yeah, that's. That's where we're at. That's that's what's happening before all of that just previously happened. All I heard was 69, to be honest with mm. you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of 69... <laughs> uh, Your mom's in town. A new Avatar movie came out this weekend. Nice. You heard of it? Avatar? Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird transition. All right, go for it. Oh, is it well, because I mean, of the hair sex? I was going to say they got the hair braids that have the things, so, you know... I thought there was going to be a bunch of ass-eating in the new Avatar. 
<laughs> I have seen it. I have seen it, and I can say that there is not. Oh, Sorry if that's a spoiler or that's disappointment why he's for already everyone. been greenlit for three and four because eventually they can build that direction. So not all hope is lost. So so here's the thing with Avatar. I we're not doing a full episode devoted to it just because frankly avatar's avatar i don't know like we've done that with the marvel movies but avatar it's kind of just it's an anomaly right i mean yes the first one's the highest grossing movie of all time um it's now 13 years later there's a sequel coming out and i feel like it's probably going to do well in the box office but i think from talking to both of you in the lead up to the show, it's definitely not something y'all were necessarily excited for. Is that so? I was Is willing right? to see it, but I've heard some pretty mixed things about it, and like it's not a priority for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not that excited about it. Uh, we actually talked about it the other night uh, and kind of <laughs> pulled apart Avatar. We're like, yeah, Avatar does kind of suck. On a stream or just in general, like a family discussion? Oh, while me and Gary were playing Dark Tide with uh, Keon and Aaron, we were just talking trash about <laughs> Avatar. Yeah, I never realized that it had the, the white hero savior syndrome before. It never clicked. Yeah, it's all, of it's all the people <laughs> to save this alien race, it one has to be a human, two has to be a guy, and three, of course, it's a white guy to have everything else. And I'm sure all this shit's been pointed out, but... I just never, there was a lot of things that I, I knew were crappy, that Jahan knew were crappy, and then when we started talking, we were like, oh no, it's worse than I thought because of the things that you figured out were bad. Um, not to shit on Avatar, but it's not our favorite series. That's all I'm saying. To, to be honest, the the White Savior thing is something that like James Cameron kind of talked about te- you know over a decade ago when doing press for Avatar not he didn't say like yeah I've got a white savior complex but it's like he <laughs> talked about it without realizing that's what he was saying um, but that being said I feel like it's kind of a, a recurring theme in, in some of his movies in the past but yeah I, I mean I think that's definitely a problem with the first one and then of course there's all the people that just like to poke fun at like oh it's just dances with wolves and oh unobtainium and yes there are a lot of jokes I don't that can really be made. care that it's just dances with wolves because everything else is just Romeo and Juliet or Hamlet so what I don't give a fuck if it's just the same story as something else everything is just something else but here, here's the thing with avatars. I do remember I was in college when the first one came out and I remember going to see it with re- little to no expectations. And I remember leaving thinking that was pretty cool. I I thought it was cool at the time. Uh, and I, I think Same. it came out on Blu-ray and I rewatched it. I wasn't like blown away. Like it's the best movie of all time by any means. And I was surprised even back then that it went on to gross as much as it did at the box office. Um, but I, I've rewatched it, and for me, honestly, I think it does kind of hold up. Even the the technology of it, the effects of it, hold up thirteen years later. And it, yeah, it's just it's just interesting. Obviously, it played really well overseas, and that's what led to it making as much money as it did. Here and and here's what I think is really interesting about the new one, I'm going to speak about it here in general because I know both of you haven't seen it and I don't want to spoil anything in it. However, that's the thing that's interesting is it's not necessarily... Okay, we live in the world now 
of the MCU and and the big franchise IP you know those are the movies making a lot of money at the box office that people rush out to see and especially with the MCU the spoiler culture around those movies is tense like I felt like I needed to see Black Panther Wakanda Forever the weekend that it came out for fear that something's going to get spoiled in it for me that I would rather see for myself for the first time. Or even Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or whatever. All these and the Marvel Weekly shows, things happen and there's such it becomes such a big part of pop culture and the conversation that you feel like you have to watch it so that you don't get spoiled. And the new Avatar movie isn't like that. Like, it's not necessarily something where, oh, you know, you won't believe what Jake Sully does in the new Avatar movie. Like, no, it's not like that. It's really just more of, it's just an incredible blockbuster that you just have to see on the big screen, I guess is really what it comes down to. There's, in Avatar The Way of Water... When you see the effects and everything, it, it, first off, they're even better than the first one. You completely forget that you're watching CG creatures and, uh, you know, whether it's the Navi or whether it's all the the water, um, you know, the ocean life and things that are happening on Pandora. You, it, it all looks incredibly real. And it makes sense why the production time has taken so long, because it all looks so great. But the biggest thing for me, a huge takeaway was having just seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever a month ago, where the main battle or like the, the climax of that movie takes place in the water on a giant boat and things. And that movie looks like shit compared to what, what I just saw in Avatar The Way of Water. Like, everything in it looks so good. And everything, the action, set pieces, I mean, that's where James Cameron really excels. Like, the guy knows how to make some great action set pieces, and it's no different in this one. The last hour of Avatar The Way of Water is just, like, is jaw-dropping. Like, it is insane and incredible. And I guess the difference is, yeah, it looks, it's, looks so good and everything, but it took so long to do that. Marvel's cranking out four movies a year, or more or less, plus the TV show. So it makes sense that they, you know, they get churned out faster. They're not spending years and years working on these special effects. So it is what it is. So I don't know. All these thoughts were swirling around in my head when when seeing Avatar The Way of Water. And like, I guess which... Luckily, we're we're in a world where you can have we can have both, right? Like we get the Marvel movies every year and then you get an Avatar that comes out every 13 years or, you know, whatever it is. And you get the best of both worlds, but man, did it look incredible. I was, I was, I really was blown away by it. It's, it's definitely not a movie that the plot and the characters and things like that are going to knock you out of the park. It's, it's not that kind of movie. It's just, it's visual spectacle. It's what it is. So Once again, it's kind of what I was wondering. And maybe, maybe you'll help inform me or maybe you'll help inform anybody else listening. Um, I, I don't, you know, I didn't want to see the movies. Uh, the movie, because I'll just wait for it, basically. And in my mind, it's CG people, it's CG plants, it's CG animals, and nothing's real and nothing exists. And so it's really just, I thought was kind of a silly thing to go see, where there's not this big story that's going to be a big spoiler or something we can talk about. It's just sort of, uh, I don't know, 
and then I started to think about it more. And the more I thought about it, I was like, well, I guess that makes it more like an art piece. It, it is more artsy in a way. It's like something you'd go to a museum and go look at this because it's pretty and it moves and it's got some modicum of decent story that's not just total brain rot and the acting's good enough. Maybe I just need to think about it as like a, a moving piece of art instead of a James Cameron movie. I, I might just be viewing it wrong, I think. I think, you know, if you follow the production of it, what's what's fascinating is, you know, obviously all the underwater stuff in The Way of Water was actually filmed in giant water tanks. So the actors are actually underwater doing motion capture. There's like the literally like motion capture balls on the surface of the water in the tanks. So it all looks incredible and when you're watching them swim and you see how realistic things look i don't know i i mean i see what you're saying like they're basically acting in a warehouse right they're in motion capture suits but everything's all cheesy and made up and fake so like is it cool or is it not cool and then if they're doing all the real swimming and stuff in a warehouse is this sort of like watching a cirque du soleil movie or show is it performance it and then you know james cameron's not the one sitting behind a computer designing all this stuff with cg art right he's got hundreds of concept artists so like is this james cameron's is this his work did he create this i'm just in a weird place about it mentally and emotionally and i was hoping maybe you could shed some light on that and help me maybe break through he is a perfectionist and he is somewhat of a control freak. And so I do think he is the type to kind of have the final say over every little detail. He's that kind of filmmaker. So, yes, I'm sure there are artists that he's, you know, describing what he's envisioning and then they're making that come to life. But I really do think a lot of this is what he claims to have just been in his head for years and years. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. Uh, Kate Winslet broke the onset breath holding record of Tom Cruise. Uh, his mission was six minutes during Mission Impossible. Uh, she held her breath for seven minutes and 15 seconds. Holy crap, that is awesome! Congrats yeah. to both of them. That's bananas. Uh, they gotta put my boy David Blaine in a movie and see what's up. That dude could hold his breath for like 35 <laughs> days. Yeah, it's crazy. No, she, uh, apparently her first words when she came up for air were, am I dead? So, that's fun. Yeah, I like that. She thought she had died. And yes, oh, Kate, yeah. Kate Winslet is in this movie. You wouldn't even know that it was her if you didn't know that she's in the movie. It's not like a huge part, but she's essentially the female leader of the the water tribe that's in it. And if you know, and so it makes sense because she's so you know you know her breath. Yeah, it make... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the plot basically picks right up where where the first one left off, and you know, Jake Sully and Natiri have a family now, and then. Hold on. Several have years a, have, have gone by. Side that I think everybody's wondering. Everybody's going to Google it if I don't. Um, the world breath holding record was set March 2021 in Croatia. So, relatively recently, it's been updated. 24 minutes and 37 seconds is the, the current world record. It's 24 minutes holding their breath. Goodness. That's, um, pretty dope. that's a mutant. 
That's all that is. That's that's a mutation. An impressive seven and a half minutes for Kate Winslet is one third of the world record, and I come nowhere close to that. I probably have like twenty seconds in me right now. Let's all hold our breath. It makes good podcasts. It's such a good podcast. Everyone driving down the road, hold just hold your breath. See how no. long you can do it. <laughs> no. And if you pass it. out at the wheel, we accept no responsibility. That I do agree with that part. You know, I was going to go into some of the plot of Avatar The Way of Water, but I don't really think it's necessary in hindsight. What's but your overall There is number? a lot of water. What do you say out that? of five, <laughs> out of ten? I, out of five out of ten, what are, what are, you, what are you giving I'm this? I'm like a four out of five. I'm like a four okay. out of five. So you're, you're saying and this one might be fresh out of the box. I would say it's fresh out the box, at least for myself. I do think that this one is an improvement of the first one. Um... Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Spoiler alert, it's not on my top five of the year. I, I did not put it in my top five list that we'll do next next episode. Um, but it but I thought it was really solid. And I mean, at the end of the day, if you were on board for the first Avatar, you're probably going to find a lot of things to like about the new one. If you just outright rejected and hated the first one, I don't think that there's that much that's going to sway you in the new one to make you all of a sudden be on board for this franchise, but it's definitely, I know it's so cliche to say, but it definitely needs to be seen on the big screen. And I'm just interested to see what the hold's going to be. Um, because basically this movie came out this weekend and there's nothing coming out until February when Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out. You know, it's, it's pretty much a, um, a desert in the movie landscape between now and then Speaking and so of desert in the movie landscape i wanted to see the mean one the uh, the grinch horror movie knockoff that just came out this year it's called the mean one it's out now in theaters already it's not showing in my town uh, but avatar way of water is and i was like you sons of bees man so i i would have assumed that the mean one was one of those direct to, to video Horror movies. It's is it supposed to get a theatrical one. release? It has a theatrical release, and it's not streaming anywhere. You can't download it. You can't rent it. You can't buy it streaming anywhere. It's on a theatrical run first. And that movie would get me off my ass and into theaters. And I tried. I looked it up. I would go. I'm going to keep checking and see if closer to Christmas they'll put it up, but I'm just I'm doubting it. Like what about said, Violent Night? The, Violent Night, the David Harbour Santa slasher. I don't know. Maybe. Nah. Well, oh, so, uh, Violent Night. I really want to see that, uh, but I I didn't see any showtimes nearby, and I was bummed because I want to see it on my birthday. Because uh, I usually see a movie on my birthday, and there's like nothing to watch. Might see Avatar. It's like you see an Avatar. Yeah, I might see Avatar. There's not not much else, but uh, Drew liked it, so it could be good. Yeah, I, I I definitely recommend it, and uh, I thought it was better than the first. I thought it looked incredible, and I thought that the the first, it, it's the movie is essentially in in three parts. It's like the first part is kind of picking up the plot of the last one. The second pl- part is, is, down. is all the water. Here's all the water. Here's all the animals. Here's all the water, and then the the third part is just one of the mo- more incredible action set pieces. Whatever the humans show up to take the water away. Uh, what was that? That's for the unobtainium. I said it's whenever the humans show up to take all the water away. There are 
So we, we don't have to talk about Avatar anymore. We can move yeah, on. Yeah, we can we can move on. We can definitely move on. Um, especially since we have enough to catch up on. It just it did just come out this this weekend. It's the sequel to the most you know the the biggest box office of all time. I couldn't not talk about it at least a bit. So That's Avatar: right. mm-hmm. The Way of Water. It's good. Go see it. What about this next one you've got on your list? I actually happened to peep my eyes on this one as well. The You did, you did. Yeah. You watched Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio animated Pinocchio movie on Netflix. I was so sour on Disney's version that I didn't know oh, if I was even going to hit go. I didn't know if it was going to happen. I didn't know if I had it in me. Uh, luckily, Annie hit go. So so once she hit go, it was on our TV, and, and then I watched it while I played Marvel Snap. So it may not have had my full attention, but I can certainly say it was better than the Disney version. Uh, tenfold, twentyfold, a hundredfold. This Guillermo del Torsion, Guillermo del Torsion version, version <laughs> is totally watchable. I think it's worth your time. Uh, I wouldn't give it a high rating, but I'd say it's put it on. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was really solid, especially you know. I, I don't want to digress into all the stuff about the Zemeckis one on Disney Plus because. Whew, Ooh, that movie was bad. But um, the new one is is good. I thought the Netflix uh, one was good. And you, I thought, I, I love uh, stop motion animation and, and this style. And, you know, of course, Guillermo del Toro is a, a visionary. And, and I think that there's a lot of really cool design stuff here. It follows the source material. There's some new things. In this movie, I thought was really James and the Giant Peachy. Uh, it definitely mm-hmm. felt kind of not nightmare before Christmas claymation stopmation, but sort of that creepiness that James and the Giant Peach had with the deep rivets and cuts in the clay. Yeah, I kind of saw like I just pulled up the picture because I didn't watch it yet. I'm going to. Uh, I'm a big fan of Guillermo, but uh, when I saw the picture, it, it does look like James and the Giant Peach. You're absolutely right. It has a cool style. Like the movie isn't scary. But there are just, it's just kind of dark. It just has like a dark tone, but it's never outright scary. Like a kid could watch it, I think, and probably be fine. I mean, there, there's scarier imagery in The Nightmare Before Christmas, I think. I would say that there's the definitely creatures. the lesson, you know, the don't talk to strangers lesson also for kids that Pinocchio had is like, you know, don't trust that guy just because it's fun to dance on stage. Like, don't hang out with him. Uh, I thought there were some good lessons in this Pinocchio, and like I said, more watchable than the Disney version. So if, if you don't want to watch a Pinocchio from 1901, then you should watch Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah, there's actual character development in it. Like, Geppetto is actually a character in this movie, whereas as much as I love Tom Hanks... Jiminy oh boy. Cricket really let me down. Not that Jiminy's name was Jiminy, but I did like the fairy godmother. So where mm-hmm. they, they giveth, they taketh away. Um, but I thought there were some big hits for sure in the GDT Pinocchio, which is on yeah. Netflix. It is on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, he's been doing a lot of stuff with Netflix lately. Between this and the Cabinet of Curiosities, he's... Well, Cabinet of Curiosities was more presented by, but not really produced and definitely not directed. Not directed. So no. I think that one was a little misleading to throw his name on. Uh, but this one is much more a, a GDT project. Fair. But I still liked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked I liked Pinocchio a lot. I think I think you'll agree when you see it. Yeah. 
Then the uh, the other movies I had, I have kind of a few here back to back to back of just ones I've seen over the holidays, over Thanksgiving and things that um, are worth noting. Like I uh, I reviewed Devotion for Nerdtropolis, but that's a like a Flyboys um, uh, Korean War drama with. Um, Oh my gosh, I'm having a, uh, my brain ben just Affleck. absolutely stopped working. It has Glenn Powell in it, and it has Jonathan Majors in it. So Glenn uh-huh. Powell, who was actually just in Top Gun Maverick, and uh, Jonathan Majors, who we know is about to have a huge, huge year in 2023 um, between playing Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and playing the adversary uh, in Creed 3. Uh, Jonathan Majors is in it, and... Uh, it's just an absolutely fine military flyboys drama that's perfect for Thanksgiving. It's like the type of movie you take your dad to. You know, that's devotion. So <laughs> I need, I, that, I there's need not really, those. There's not that much else to say about it. I do think that Glenn Powell is, is really good. I like him in Top Gun Maverick, and he's one of those stars that just hasn't really hit it as big as I as anybody who's a fan of him would hope he would have at this point, but Hopefully stuff like this will help. Yeah, so but Majors devotion. is killing it, though. Oh, yeah. Man, Jonathan I'm, Majors I'm a huge fan is of his. great. And, and to be fair, in Devotion, like the part that he played could have been such a nothing role, but he has so much gravitas, and he's such a great actor that he brought so much more to this little movie to come out over the over the Thanksgiving holiday that you know could have been... Could, it could have been way less, and he elevated it for sure. It could have been less is not a shining review. What do you what do you give this piece of could have been worse? It's like uh, you know a, a solid five or six out of ten. Like you know it's just sitting there right in middle of the road. I, maybe I'll bump it to a six just because majors is so good. So three out of five, six out of ten, whatever scale you want to use. If it's on a streaming platform in the future, do you tell somebody to click it or just watch something else? It depends on the scenario. There's so much stuff on there. If you're like looking for a good family movie night, yeah, sure. But if you're, you know, there's probably better stuff you can find. Put it that okay. way. Um, and then uh, Emancipation. I'm just going to note uh, the, because this seems to have definitely come out with a whimper. Um, this is relevant because it is an Antoine Fuqua drama that just came out on Apple TV plus it's an Apple TV plus original. Um, but it's Will Smith's big movie that, uh, it's his first movie to come out since he won his Oscar and had his highest and lowest moment in the same night. And, you know, he's working the press circuit. He's out there promoting this movie. He's, he's working red carpets. He's yeah, he's still doing his thing. This is for sure in the awards conversation, but I think that Will Smith's going to be hard pressed to earn a nomination after, after this past year. Um, <laughs> but he's really good in it. I'm not going to lie. He's good in it. It's, it's, I haven't even said what this is. It's, it's a civil war slave drama, you know, with Will Smith and he's never really done that kind of movie before and he's very very good in it if you've if you've seen um there's a picture that circulated 
during the Civil War and uh, of Gordon, and he was a slave, and he had his back turned to the camera, and his back is just horribly whipped, like, are so badly scarred. I don't know if y'all have ever seen that picture. If you search Probably. Civil War Gordon, the picture will come up. It was very famous and one of the most widely cir- circulated photos uh, during that time period that caused a lot of people to join the abolitionist movement and everything. So anyway... This is basically a movie of that. You know, uh, Will Smith plays that character, but he's named Peter in the movie. And it's just all about him escaping from slavery. And and as they hear that Lincoln has supposedly freed the slaves, he tries to make his way through the swamps of Louisiana to Baton Rouge, where, uh, where he can hopefully reach freedom. And in the most unsurprising bit of casting I've maybe ever seen in my life, Ben Foster is in this as an abusive slave owner. So, go figure. <laughs> you know, I've always said he's, getting he's got typecast. The at least getting typecast is getting cast. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't think Ben Foster's bank account minds that he played a racist. <laughs> right. Uh, so, anyway, that's Emancipation. It's fine. Will Smith is good in it, but I don't think that there's going to be much beyond just because of uh, there's some other big contenders in the awards race. And just with, with the year that Will Smith has had, I, I don't think the Academy is going to give him a nomination, especially when he can't even be at the, at the ceremony. Anyway. <laughs> He's going to have to like video in. <laughs> he can still be nominated. Technically. He just can't be there in person. That's funny. Um, yeah. I mean, I was actually unsure about how to feel about that one. Uh, Cause like I want to watch it, but I might check it out. Yeah, definitely. No, I just still have a lot of mixed feelings on the Will Smith stuff that I could, I don't want to take the conversation that road to. Um, I mean, that's fair. Cause yeah, I, I, I'm a big Will Smith fan from like all the way back. Like most of us are, uh, not Gary, but you, you know, a lot of people lost in the politics of it, though. So if he made a mistake last year, but if he made a great movie this year, you're looking at this year's best movies and best actors. Uh, making a mistake last year is a political approach to that system. In my opinion, you know, everyone can think sure. what they will. But if he if he's the best actor, he's the best actor, uh, regardless of what he what mistake he made last year. He should be forgiven on that and judged solely on his acting. That's the whole point. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, he should be judged slowly on his acting, but definitely understand why he can't physically be there. Uh, right. No, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Will Smith fan from, you know, childhood. Uh, and, you know, it sucks what he did, but uh, he kind of lost me before it. that with some of the movies he was in, like that terrible movie he was in with his son and, like, stuff like that. But, you know, getting your son into acting, I guess, and, like, making him super rich is Yeah, man. Admirable. Ray Mysterio's cut some really bad promos trying to make Dominic Mysterio relevant, so I totally get it. Oh Will, Will Smith's allowed to. Will Smith can drop some bad promos to try to get Jaden up and coming. It's totally allowed. Yeah. Well, I'll put it this way: if you're a fan of Will Smith and his acting, and the incident at the Oscars this past year isn't going to distract you or anything then I'd say watch it. You know, he's he's really good in it. And, you know, that's, that's it. Uh, but however, I mean, this I is like, a, you know, Chris Rock. It's, it's nearly a two hour and 20 minute movie. It's a long slave drama. It's just, it's, yeah, 
That's that's what you're getting into. And then the last that if Chris Rock talked crap about Jenny, which is Jahan's significant other, <laughs> that Jahan might slap Chris Rock in the face. Hey, maybe. Not would, but might. Hey, and Chris that's Rock, just enough for I me to challenge you to a celebrity fight. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I'm very out of shape. He... So you have a chance. Which celebrity are you going to pick to fight for you? Because you're not a celebrity, so you're going to have to pick someone to fight in your stead. I'm like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a celebrity. I have a podcast. That's all it takes. <laughs> I'm with Jahan on this. Okay. All right. He well, can volunteer his tribute. Yeah, volunteer his tribute. Like, sounds like I've been out. But if I can't, people. Jennifer Lawrence. I would pick John Lovitz. That's a good pick. I like John Lovitz. Thank uh, you. It's time to fight. <laughs> I can't. I can't do his voice, but who can? Um, Drew, the, did you watch anything else last... that's worth talking about? Yes, I've been trying to <laughs> trying to transition for a while here, and and <laughs> you know, y'all just sometimes make it a little. Difficult oh, I watched on this me. next one but, too. Uh, Clerks three. Oh, I loved Clerks three. Now, one of I my favorite parts it. about it is I didn't realize until about maybe thirty minutes in that Clerks 3 was the making of Clerks, which I thought was really awesome. I thought it was a really cool way to portray that story. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You, yes. So I watched it, and I, Gary, did you watch Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Yeah, of course I did. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a Kevin Smith fanboy, baby. So. Yeah, so I am too, or I have been for a long time, and I love Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Like, I just, that, of course, it came out in the prime of middle school for us, so naturally we thought it was the funniest thing to ever exist. I, uh, and I liked Clerks 2 when it came out, and again, I think we were in high school at that point, so like, I thought Clerks 2 was funny. She did the time. not like in, Clerks 2. In our defense, Rosario Dawson, uh, got got mayonnaise in her hoo-ha in that movie so you know i don't i have not rewatched it i definitely don't remember it didn't happen on camera but they talk about it so interesting um well anyway (laughs) clerks uh i I was just gonna say when when jane silent bob reboot came out i was excited for it and i was super underwhelmed by that movie like i thought it was kind of a struggle. As much as I love Kevin Smith, it seemed like the biggest um, kind of foray into him. Just like I don't know how to, how to even put it. In you words. want to talk about like, making a crappy promo to try to promote your kid? Look no further than the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yes, yes, yes. It's just the most like I feel like it, it almost panders to fans of the View Askew verse, and it's pretty low hanging fruit. And so I was a little hesitant after my experience with Jane Silent Bob reboot going into Clerks 3, 3 but I can I can say that Clerks 3 is definitely better than Jane Silent Bob reboot and I, I liked it. The thing that I didn't like about Jane Silent Bob reboot started to scare me during Clerks because Jane Silent Bob reboot was like a shot for shot remake of the original uh, but it was like different scenes but basically the dialogue the interactions and the exchanges were the same in the movie was basically on the exact same line of what happened. Um, Clerks started that way. It started to be, like, very... Clerks 3 started to be very on beat for what Clerks 1 was. But then then you realize, I realized, right, that 
the further this goes on, the movie kind of picks up this neat twist and the story becomes a lot more interesting. All the characters become a lot more rich. Uh, if you're someone who hates Randall, like everyone should, or if you're someone who loves Randall, like nobody should, uh, I think you're going to love Clerks 3. It has great Randall character building moments to kind of help you deal with why he's such an insufferable ass. Uh, and you find out that Clerks is his passion project after working all those years at the movie store, this is his movie. And that was that was meaningful for me. I thought that the whole thing was just so great. I thought that the emotional stuff worked for me too. I think that, you know, the Dante and Randall character work is good. I do think that this Clerks 3 is the most obvious of how Brian O'Halloran just isn't a good actor you know like it's obvious <laughs> that he's you know he's done the clerks movies he's always going to be dante but this is the biggest i think struggle for him is as the fact of that he doesn't have a whole lot of acting prowess but but the writing is there and the characters are good and we've grown up with these characters so i you know i think you can get by there are some scenes with rosario dawson in the movie that's all I'll say but and she is so such like a great actress and and has charisma it and everything really and just like yeah. when she's on screen she just blows everybody out of the water because she's a talented actress compared to some of the folks gary did the, did the elias stuff work for you in clerks three just curious um, man isn't that his name elias? Yeah, elias, the, yeah is that like the the chubby nerdy kid yeah yeah, that he's yeah. in Clerks 2. And... Oh, well, I told you guys, I didn't like Clerks 2. I thought Clerks 2 was a huge miss. I um, like Clerks yeah, 2. No, I did not think the Elias stuff worked at all. Just curious. Just I mean, yeah, so... Uh, it was a huge miss. So I'm a big fan of all the movies, too. Uh, but, you know, Kevin Smith misses sometimes, you know, as people do. Because uh, he, made, he made that terrible movie about the killer hot dogs in the convenience store called Yoga Hosers, right? I have not seen Yoga Hosers. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, it looks it's like, like truly hard to find, but I did see Tusk. I saw Tusk too. And I will not say it's a bad movie, but it is <laughs> hard to watch at times. Uh, but yeah, so Clerks 3 was really good for me too. Uh, the emotional stuff also worked for me. I did like the Elias stuff. Uh, I thought that shit was hilarious. Um, and then, you know, this movie actually made me cry. Uh uh, you got some tears going. Uh, Rosario Dawson, yes, kills it, as always. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know, man. We're getting older. Watching, like, the generation above us go through what we're going to go through. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, a little scary. But, um, hey. I, it, it's kind of cathartic to experience through a movie. You know? So, they... Yes. It, it like, kinda, also... it, I feel a little more ready for that. I think there was something really nice about it, too, being that Clerks was Kevin Smith's first movie, and he had to sell everything to make it, and then Kevin Smith had a really bad heart attack, and so this Clerks was almost Kevin Smith's autobiography uh, just shoved into a movie series, and, yeah. and there was there was something really beautiful about that, too, where it's his movie, his life, but it's the character's movie, and it's the character's life, uh, and he just blended it all together very well, and if you are a fan of Kevin Smith movies and the view is skewverse, I would say this is going to be a big hit for you. Definitely watch it. And if you're not, I don't think that this one's going to win you over to the view is side. Definitely not. 
yeah. yeah, it almost feels like this is a form of therapy for Kevin Smith when you're watching Clerks Three. Like this was just a way. And I, and I do appreciate that if you if you listen to interviews with him, you know he he doesn't even claim at this point to be a great filmmaker or something like that. He's like, no, I just you know I did this and it got me famous and I still like to make movies, but he likes to podcast and he likes to read comics and he likes to do all the other stuff he likes to do. And if he has the the means to make a movie and a studio will back it. Sure, he'll do it. But I think there's a lot of other things he's realized he likes to do, too. You know, I liked the Masters of the Universe show that he oh, hell uh, yeah. was producing for Netflix and things like that. Yeah, I, and I appreciate that he can just kind of go do what once now whenever he can. Um, not, not saying he can literally do whatever he wants, but, you know, uh, yeah, just there's yeah. some freedom there and... and I don't think he would even classify him as a filmmaker first anymore. I really think that I mean, he I... speaks to my everyman. Whatever whatever he has is the same everyman that I have in me. He's kind of a fat nerd, and he kind of scraped by and makes these kind of crappy comedies, and sometimes they've got dick and fart jokes, and sometimes they have a deep message. Uh, but it's usually just him and his friends goofing off trying to make something fun or lightly intelligent. And I just, I totally vibe with Kevin Smith as a regular dude who just wants to be a nerd and, and goof off with his friends. I'm, I'm all about that. He's he's a regular <laughs> Joe who made it. Yeah, he's like the opposite end of the spectrum of James Cameron. He's he's a very down-to-earth, grounded, normal-ass person. Uh, man, could you imagine how bad Kevin Smith's avatar would be, though? Dude, oh man, oh, there'd be boy. there'd be way more graphic hair sex. I think there would be so many people just painted blue, just regular people painted blue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I also like this movie. Everyone should watch it. It sounds like it's certified fresh to me. Yeah, oh yeah, I'll uh, certify it fresh out the box. I'll put a big stamp on that. Certify fresh out the box. We have to say that for legal reasons. I'll say it's yeah. I'll say it's certified fresh for those who find Kevin Smith's movies like his older movies to be nostalgic and you're already on board with with those that that's the only caveat there uh, well anyway that's that's it for all my movies i want to pass it on to y'all to talk about some other things it's actually funny gary i just scrolled down and realized your list is just all christmas movies uh which i think is great and then Jahan, you've got a lot of uh, a few shows and some games and stuff. So yeah, we could we can talk about that because my last thing is actually on some of y'all's list too. So let's kick it off with Wednesday. We all watched this, right? Did I watch? I actually episode. haven't watched it. What? That's crazy. Dog. I've heard good things. I love Jenna Ortega, but I just this came out what right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a crazy month for me. Like I haven't even watched as many movies as I usually do. So, yeah, I I, I guess I'll leave it for y'all to tell me if this is something I need to catch up on because I know it's been huge for Netflix, huge for them. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, it's been a sensation. Uh, everyone's seen her do her dance. It is. Uh, I mean, it's really good. So. It's definitely different from the Addams Family. It definitely focuses on Wednesday, which is an interesting change of pace. Uh, she gets to go to this school called Nevermore and is accompanied by Thing. They get into a lot of shenanigans. Uh, it's like a mystery. There's murder. There's, Let me pause you know. me real quick. Nevermore is like Hogwarts except Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. All right, go on. Yeah. Uh, I was just filling Drew in. No, that's fair. I yeah. Uh so it is like it's goth 
Hogwarts. It's Gothwarts. Uh, it's in a like small town full of normie people. They they call them normies. It's basically in Salem, and yeah, yeah basically I think they do call them normies. Yeah, they call them like normies. Uh, but yeah, there's murder mystery going on. Uh, a lot of people describe this as like magical girl anime kind of thing, but and it's kind of true. She's an, she's really good actress in this. There's a lot of good acting in this. Um, what's her name? Brienne of Tarth is in this. Uh, and she kills it as well. And Gomez is... What's his name, Gary? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I know Luis. who... Uh, I can't think of his name. Luis Guzman. Yeah. Luis Guzman. Yes. And Catherine Zeta. I was going to ask how he is. He's great. <laughs> I loved him. Gary's shaking his head, but I loved no. him in this. I, so I had set expectations, I guess, really high for Luis Guzman and Fred Armisen. And both Gomez and Fester, I thought, were big letdowns for me. Um, but where they <clears throat> were letdowns, Wednesday was so, so good. So, so good. So good, I would watch another season. Top two. She was... It doesn't matter that they were letdowns. And I thought they would be secret stars of the show with just hilarious performances. Uh, I thought Gomez could have turned it up way more on the arm kissing and just being a total creep. Instead, he's uh, more respectful, more of a gentleman Gomez. He's definitely in love with Morticia. But I even Annie and I thought that Morticia could have been more ghoulish and more beautiful. Uh, so... I thought that everyone was sort of not what I wanted them to be, except sure. for Wednesday, who was all that and more. Uh, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, she was perfect cast. She did a perfect job. I couldn't imagine anyone else having done what she did. She she really achieved something with this uh, role. And the show itself, like, the plot's actually good. Um, there's a lot of, like, secrets and, like, that kind of mystery stuff going on. And it is fun. It's just a fun show. Uh, there's teen drama that isn't, like, I don't like teen drama. Like, it bothers me in shows a lot of times. Like, oh, you know. But they do it in, a, in such a way that it's actually enjoyable to watch. Um, and it's just, it's definitely something I would recommend. And it sounds like Gary would, too. I do agree. Uh, I wasn't, like, Fred Armisen was fine as Fester, but it definitely wasn't what I wanted. Uh, but I will disagree about it. I, I like Luis Guzman a lot in this, and I liked... Uh, I also thought Catherine Zeta did a good job, but they weren't really like in it a lot, you know. I kind of have a hunger for whodunit shows. Uh, you know, I watched all of Only Murders in the Building, season one and two, and I would say that Wednesday feeds on that whodunit vibe, where every time you as a viewer think you've got it figured out, they learn something new in the next episode, or you'll see a character there during something mysterious, and so you'll have to scratch that character off the list in your head. It's like, well, that's not the suspect anymore. Uh, so I think the show's good in that way, and I think you'll have fun. Knowing, knowing that it's a whodunit does make me want to jump into it more, because I didn't know that from the promos and such. And it's not just a whodunit. It is literally every episode you're like, damn, damn, they keep stumping you, uh, the way they introduce information. So you'll, they're always a step ahead in a very fun way. I like the way that she reveals like her clues and where she is in the investigation. I like uh, her breakdowns. I don't know. She's kind of like Sherlocking it, but like in her own way. And like, it's really well done. Uh, I say this is absolutely certified fresh out the box. Uh, 
probably yeah, like get, a four point five out of five for me. Like, you'll get real my good. stamp of approval on Wednesday too. Uh, I had low expectations and was blown away. Uh, loved it. Watched every episode and would watch a second season. When it was coming in out, about four months in about four months, I'll probably have caught up on it. I'll <laughs> let you know. Yeah, when it was coming out, I was kind of like, okay, that's fine. But then everyone like was talking about it. It was amazing. I was like, okay, I got to check this out. And then we binged it as a family, uh, and it was really good. I do. Can I just talk about Jenna Ortega for a second? Please do. Apparently, uh, she's actually, like a like, she's like an overnight success, huh? She's young and she's been in like everything this year. Well, I was gonna say like if there's any young actress that has really stuck out over the last year, it's like okay. I first saw her in a movie that came out on Netflix last year called Yes Day, which if you've seen it, it's just a really, you know, not very good family comedy with Jennifer Garner about parents who have to say yes for a whole day to their kids. And Uh she plays like the older sister in that movie. Um, Kind of a nothing part, you know, for a a straight to Netflix comedy. Anyway, jump to January of this year. uh, The Scream 5 came out, the newest Scream movie. And she is a main character in that. And she's really good at it. And she she was a standout in Scream. And then in March, a movie called X came out, which is a horror movie I talked about on the show months ago because I went and saw it. And it's really, really good horror movie. One of the better horror movies of this year. And she's in that and stuck out. And I was like, man, between Scream and X, it's like Jenna Ortega cementing herself as this new Scream queen of 2022. And now, so she's already kind of been on my radar, and now it feels like everybody caught up with Wednesday being this huge smash success. I saw one article, I actually just looked, she has 30 million Instagram followers now, and I think a lot of that has blown up since Wednesday came out, because I saw an article she had just hit 20, and now she's at 30. So I think now all of a sudden people are on board because the Netflix hive and the meme hive have discovered the the dance went viral and all that and she and uh, I'm excited for her because I think she's that's cool I just think she's a very exciting young actress mm. I'm eager to see and she, there's a new Scream movie coming out uh, the tr- actually the teaser's out now that comes out in March and I believe she's returning in that so excited for it yeah, yeah Netflix said she's got it and yeah. she is you know this generation's horror queen and this wednesday i think was sort of the exclamation point on a sentence that was already kind of set in stone right she was going to be the scream queen and then wednesday was just this wild exclamation point holy crap she's the scream queen uh so i'm looking forward to it man i have no ill will towards her and i hope that she stays cool it's totally she seems like she interacts with her fans in a cool way yeah, she's, they're, they're... she's really interesting. Uh, yeah, she did the she came up with the dance herself, and she says that she really really enjoys acting in horror movies. So we'll probably see more of that. Also, they say that the plot for Wednesday has already been like planned out for four seasons or something like that. So Uh-oh. fingers crossed. I wonder if I wonder if Tim Burton will stay with it for all of that, or if he you know did the first season and will hand it off. I mean, do you I, feel I like it's distinctly Tim Burton? I hope Tim Burton stays with the project. It definitely did have his influence in it. You could you could actually see it. Uh, and I didn't hate any of that. Yeah, and I also wouldn't say that it was... Uh, <laughs> uh, the way I would describe Alice in Wonderland was annoyingly Burton-esque. Uh, I would say that Wednesday was not annoyingly Burton-esque. No, not at all. Fair. Fair. Perfect. Well, I could talk about 
some of that stuff more. I have other thoughts, but I want to I want to move on because I know we've got a lot to do tonight. Sure thing. Uh, I'll touch on this one quick because I think I'm the only fanboy here. Uh, Rick and Morty, uh, the latest season just ended. Uh, they broke it up into two parts, so the second part just finished airing, and they finished it off with a Christmas episode. It was great. Uh, Morty got a lightsaber. Uh, that's all I'll say about it. But uh, this season has made me laugh a lot, and I actually wound up uh, like during my lunch break and stuff while I'm eating lunch. Sometimes I'll watch Rick and Morty, um, and I, I don't remember. I was watching the Morty Gets a Dragon episode. And I was dying. Uh, I forgot the episode after that that I watched, but I literally started crying during one part. Like I was laughing so goddamn hard. Rick and Morty's great. The later seasons, like, I, I, there is a lull there where it kind of just becomes, like, let's see how many murders we can do. You know, it, it suffers from its Pickle Rick syndrome at a certain point, but then it kind of recovers uh, and gets back to the good stuff. Um, the episode with Pissmaster is art. <laughs> and you, sh- you gotta, you gotta watch the Pissmaster episode specifically. Um,. But yeah, speaking of Rick and Morty, uh, Just Ruland has his game studio, Squanch Games, uh, recently released High on Life, a AAA title, $60, but free on Xbox Game Pass day one. Uh, and, woo woo. and I've played it. I know Gary's played it. I don't know if Drew's played it. But uh, you have... So you're a kid. Your parents are gone for the weekend. Uh, your sister <laughs> wants to party. You guys are leaving the house to go do something. Aliens invade. Uh and the first thing you see is them roll up an old man as a fatty and smoke him because they could smoke humans as drugs. Uh, so the car, the A, that was it, the A23 or the E23 cartel invades Earth to smoke humans as drugs. One of them dies uh, by happenstance, kinda, and you pick up his talking gun. <laughs> Uh, and it kind of guides you through, like, he's like, I hate those guys. Those guys are dicks. But so you have a talking gun. It has Morty's talking voice. Gun, uh, spits a loogie into your face. So oh, yeah. So that you can hear what he's saying. So yeah. that explains why he translates into human. Yeah, he uh, he spits. Yes, it can give you the microbes. He has to infect you with the translation virus. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, but it's just nonstop laughs the whole time. The guns are hilarious. The knife is funny. You get a bunch of different weapons. The gameplay is actually solid. It's a solid shooter uh, that's just full of nonstop comedy. And I can't say this enough, the graphics are incredible. <laughs> like, I was blown away. I was completely blown away with the quality of the graphics in this game. The part that I can't repeat enough is how good the puzzle platforming is. Every gun has a different secondary. Uh, One can shoot discs into walls so you can climb them. One can make bridges and stuff fall, but usually have to shoot a wall behind it to make a bounce shot come back and hit the backside of the bridge. Uh, You have a knife that lets you glide. Yeah, you can like whip jump from like flying bug to flying bug. Uh, So you'll have to mix all these things together to really play the game and get through some of these hard platforming parts, there are some really challenging puzzles that aren't hard. They're just fun and challenging. It just takes your brain a second to work it out. Um, Lots of fun puzzles. That's really a part I wanted to hit because everybody sort of, I think, expected this game to be funny. Um, But to Jahan's point, I don't think everybody expected this game to look so good and run so good. 
uh, it's so clean, and it looks like you're in this beautiful 3D-rendered uh, CG cartoon human world. But when you turn corners, it doesn't lag, and when you walk into an environment, there's no problem. People are walking around and talking. There are hilarious commercials going on in the background. The world feels alive and active. It really uh, does. Even, even in the central hub zone, there are hidden chests that you can climb and fly around and jump to collect, and you can't find them all the first time, so you have to come back later with you know, more tools to find the puzzles. I was I actually very surprised with how much exploring you can actually do. Like, you can climb on top of, like, really tall buildings and stuff. Like, I wasn't expecting that. It was it was pretty open uh, and very fun. High on Life is probably the only game this year that I would give a 10 out of 10. Just clean, straight up, 10 out of 10. No questions asked from gameplay to storyline to immersiveness and sounds it's it's just i love high on life and i don't give out tens easily and i don't particularly like single player games but high on life is it it is the game to play it's like halo one meets conquers bad fur day uh, all the enemies <laughs> the ai feels great the grunts feel like halo grunts uh, the bigger stronger enemies the way their armor is it's just like plates of goo you have to shoot all the goo off of them to expose their weak points uh, so accuracy matters. There's just so much in the game. It's so fun. Uh, I think it only suffers from there being only four guns, but each gun is fully voiced, and not just in the random stuff they say to you. They'll respond to the storyline in the game. So the replayability of the game is to go back and play with a different gun as your primary so you can hear everything that the gun has to say to every character. Uh, it's, there's just so much in High on Life, and we've only had it about a week and a half, and I feel like there's just going to be more to give as I keep discovering. Yeah, um, I haven't played it enough it. yet to be like, yeah, 10 out of 10, because like, I've only beaten the first boss so far. But after that, the game really opens up. The first boss fight was incredible and challenging, uh, but I'll definitely give it like an 8.5 or a 9 standing right now. Like it's This is a game that... So I, I've been so sick of games this year because uh, they're not delivering what they're promising. This game is what was shown, is what it was expected. It has no performance issues. It is funny, and it is off the jump, just dive right in a good time. And Where Jahan has beaten one boss, I have beaten five and put a lot more time into the game. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like I've really, I've really given it giving it some oomph and the boss fights every single boss fight is different uh, even though you're limited with your guns all the boss fights always present a new challenge as you go um, with things in the environment to interact with that might make the boss fight easier if you notice the things and if you don't yeah. notice them well then your boss fight's gonna be real tough uh, just just cool things you know like you notice a trick in a boss fight that's exactly what they're mimicking with high on life the the people who made this game love games and and they're from my generation. They've played what I've played, uh, and they know what I wanted to see. They get my sense of humor. I, I I don't know. I don't know what this is, but they 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 got it. They, they did they something. Magic. They did something. They put magic in a video game. And it's free on Game Pass. Like, it's free on Game Pass. Free. I got Thomas playing it too. I know Keon's playing it. Keon is playing it, man. I fucking I was sitting here. Like it's playing. not exclusive to Xbox, right? It's just on Game no, Pass. No, it's, it's just on Game Pass. It's not exclusive. But I was sitting here, and like I could hear him dying laughing through the wall, because he was just it dying. 
oh my god, it's so funny. And sometimes it's just the stuff the guns say. You're not even doing anything. You're just walking and you're just laughing. No, he. Oh so Keanu started watching. There are four full length movies that you can sit on the couch and watch. And he was watching uh, one of them. And you're watching with like an alien that lives in your house. And he watched like for 10 minutes. And the alien all of a sudden said, oh man, this Paul Walker guy is really great. I hope he survives the invasion. I want to shake his hand. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. And he, yeah. So there's stuff so, like that. I teleported in a movie theater and walked in and was watching Demon Wind while I was eating lunch. And there are three characters on the front row who I can only assume are Justin Roiland and two friends. Uh, and they're just doing the Mystery Science Theater 3000 <laughs> the whole time. They're just ripping this old horror movie. And so I was able to just sit there and listen to them and have a great time. That's not really even playing funny. the game. That's yeah, really just... Funny. You know they they get me. That's what I'm saying. They're they're we're in tune. Yeah. All right. Well, that's high on life. High on life. Certified fresh out the box. Check it out for on Game Pass. Uh, the next one is something that I've been wanting. I've been I've been chopping at the bit for for a while now. Uh, and I and you, both of you got it. So I'm thrilled that you guys dived in on this experience with me. Midnight Suns from Firaxis. Uh, and 2K finally dropped. It is a tactical Marvel combat game using cards. And right out the gate, I'm just going to say, I love this game. This game's crazy. It's everything I wanted it to be. And I had very high expectations. Uh, and it, it it succeeded in all of them and exceeded them in a lot of ways. Uh, I've been taking my time and haven't gotten to get quite as far as you guys in the story. But... I, I'm having a blast. I'm having a blast with every minute of it. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? I think Midnight Suns is absolutely a strange game to recommend to anybody. Yeah. It is a mixture of one of the most fun games I've ever played and some very, very boring filler content that you have no choice but to dive in on. Mm. Uh, you can't skip the boring stuff. Uh, the card game battle element of it, the, the troop placement and everything, it works really well. And the reason it works is because superheroes have movement, right? So you don't need to move six squares and attack. You yeah. move. You move over there and you hit that guy. So you don't need movement. The cards solve that for you. I think that's really smart, really clever, and I think it totally works in that game's mechanics. I think some of the parts the game is weak on is what feels like some pretty dated uh, explore the environment type of things where every day if you don't walk around and check all the corners of the mansion and some of the corners of the graveyards and stuff then you'll miss experience quips and uh, pips for attack and money and things like that that you need to progress so it becomes sort of taxing and annoying uh, there are some daytime things that are locked so you complete a quest now and you can't get the reward until you sleep um I think the clubs are a big miss. It's like the game tries to really push this social aspect of you living in the house with other heroes. And so if you're not into that anime RPG setting of living in a house with all your friends and giving them presents to level up relationships, uh, all that stuff feels really taxing to me. Uh, the meat and potatoes of the game is awesome. The story of the game is awesome. Making decisions and getting new cards and leveling up your stuff, getting duplicates of cards so you could take it to the forge and increase your cards. I love it. All of that's a big hit for me. 
Uh, overall, I would say Midnight Suns is like an eight for me. Uh, eight out of ten. It's, it's great. Yeah, very high. Great game, but that's for me. And I think that the list of people I could recommend this game to extends as far as the people I can see on my screen right now. Uh, <laughs> I figured Drew would like a bunch of the RPG elements because they feel sort of like JRPG elements. I figured Jahan would like the tactics, the card building, and honestly, uh, a lot of the crafting type of nitpicky stuff. Uh, I figured I would be the one who didn't like this game, but I love it. Me too. I also figured that you would be the one that didn't like it. But, hey, you like it. What about you, Drew? Yeah, so, honestly, Jahan, I, kn I knew, like, I associate this game with you, first off, because I know you've been excited about it for literally about a year or <laughs> whenever it got announced even longer um, i know i know that you've been really excited and it even got delayed at one point and you were you know actually disappointed and uh but it's here and i almost didn't buy this just because of the card based combat i was like that sounds much more like gary and jahan's kind of thing not my kind of thing but i am such a marvel fan i'm like no you know what i want to try it. i want to play the new marvel game and just see and so i i took a leap of faith and i bought it and i'm really glad that i did yeah, um, yeah. the as as y'all said the the so yes gary i do like some of the rpg elements you're talking about but the core gameplay of the battles with the cards and and the balancing decks and fusing cards and all that is is what's bringing me back like i think the actual combat missions with with card based attacks is very fun and you're constantly getting new ones and new abilities that you can change out or fuse and and make better and i think that grind of it is is really fun i do actually even though you said some of those things of of basically as gary said in between those missions there's kind of some downtime and even I agree that sometimes there's too much downtime between luckily I think as the game progresses it's really more up to how much of that you want to do if you want to run to the table the mirror table and do your next mission you can um, I think you miss out on some things by doing that but as you progress I think you kind of get used to the grind a little bit more and the time between miss missions can take less and less um, but yeah I I I'm really liking this game. Uh, I'm still in the midst of it. I'm, I think I'm up close to about two thirds through the the main story, but um, it's actually the reason why I haven't played High on Life yet is because I just didn't. I haven't wanted to split time yet. I'm still playing Midnight Suns, and I want to get through it, and then I'll move on to that next. But yeah, I'm 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 really digging this game. I like that it shines a light on some Marvel characters that maybe haven't gotten as much of a spotlight, whether it's in movies or in even the comics or, or games before so um like like nico who's a, a runaways character i really like her in Love the game her. i like magic too which she has been in the new mutants movie played by anya taylor joy but i don't think a whole lot of people saw, saw that one uh, and then i did uh, i, I liked... actually liked that movie uh it was better than i thought than people made it sound to me personally and i think it's interesting that the ghost rider that's featured in the game is not john so actually johnny blaze is in the game he but is. the main ghost rider that's part of your team is robbie reyes who's the the newer ghost rider who drives like a hot rod and i actually like the fact that they used him as just just for Same. something different 
Uh, and there's lots of other characters too. Blade, Spider-Man, you know, there's some mainstream ones. You got Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, so on and so forth. But um so I, don't I kind of am liking the the lesser known characters. Yeah. I don't like Robbie Reyes, but Johnny Blaze doesn't bring a whole lot of interesting conversation to the table. That's he'd fair. just be like, screw off, kid. I don't want to talk to you. I'm mad. All my family's dead. Uh, you know, we all know Johnny Blaze's story, so... Maybe that's why they didn't put him in the game, because he's bad at friendship. <laughs> yeah, he is bad at friendship. He's not a real friendship-based character. Yeah. Uh, and the, 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 conver- the, not conversation, the relationship between Spider-Man and Ghost Rider, I think, is sort of fun to see on screen. And hopefully they do something with that in the future, because I just I like, like I like Ghost Rider as a character. Same. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, the downtime between missions, I mean, I don't know why, but I actually really enjoy running around. I kind of turn my brain off and do it, and I just kind of enjoy it. I don't know why, uh, but it is running around a lot. Um... The relationship you stuff, though. as much or as little of it as you want. Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to do it uh, as much. You you can just kind of you can skip it if you want, don't want to. But um, you know, you will miss out on like a couple like extra points here and there. The relationship stuff, however, though, it's a lot. It reminds me a lot of Fire Emblem Three Houses in the way it works. Um, Very Fire Emblem esque. Like, Good comparison. It's just like Three Houses and. I really like it. I like the relationship stuff. It's really cool to get to develop a friendship. Like, I, I'm really close with Magic right now. I didn't know I was going to become close with Captain Marvel, but she's actually pretty cool. Like, when you get to know her, uh, Blade, Blade's a dope dude. And having a friendship, like, we got to, like, meditate one time. And we talked about, like, deep stuff. It was cool. And, like, I don't know. It's weird. You get to see this other side of the heroes, and you kind of get to know them in, like, a weirdly personal way. Uh, and I'm having a lot of fun with that. And you kind of, there's a lot of lore. There's a lot so of Marvel what, lore in there too. What Jahan says is cool may or may not be cool. And I still haven't decided if I like it or not, but there are these different hangouts that you find across the Abbey, which is the, the main area across the Abbey grounds. And you can invite a character to a hangout. And usually you do things like paint or have a deep conversation or meditate. And so it's almost like going on a platonic date with superheroes. Um, yeah. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it is kind of weird. Uh, but I'll say this fun. about the game. Like some of the, some of those things, uh, I think that the combat and everything, the main grind of the game is really, really great. I'm really enjoying this game. However, I th- don't think it's perfect. And it, I feel like a sequel or something in the future could expand on all of these things to make it even better. So as much as I love this game, I'm really excited for the future of it because I hope it spawns a franchise because more Marvel Sons games could be really I good. I did have something else I wanted to say. The Marvel's Avengers game was pretty much exactly what everyone wanted and asked for our entire lives, is this 3D action-adventure game, four-player co-op, where you could go smash them with all your favorite Marvel heroes. And it didn't it didn't land. And I think that's because that 3D action platforming thing, I think it's old, and I think it's tired, and I think it's boring. So to do something like this where you stretch out and you say, sure, let's make it a card-based tactics game, I think it's a smart choice because you've already tried all the heroes with the game everybody asked for. And for some reason, it's just boring. It doesn't work. Uh, I think the reason Midnight Suns works 
is because they took a risk and did something so different and so it's so interesting and so fun if this had been another 3d action adventure beat em up featuring these characters this game would have been crap yeah uh, what what makes it good is the fact that it's this weird style of game it's a style that i really enjoy like so I was playing a lot of XCOM 2, which is the game Fraxis made, the tactics game before this. Uh, and while I was doing that, I was watching a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and, like, the way that they did the show and the game, I was like, man, y'all should really do an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like tactics game. Like, I would play the shit out of that. And that was before this got announced. Uh, and I know that they didn't do it because I said that, but I still said it. And I'm happy about that, that I got what I wanted. So, but yeah, I certify this fresh out the box. Uh, if you like tactics games, it's not for everybody. I know a lot of people were like, this is a tactics game. Boo. Cause they were, they all thought it was something else, but. So the reason I said what I said about not being able to, you know, not being the same way as the Avengers one is I had seen reviews that were like, this game sucks. You don't even play as the characters. It's just a card game. Yeah. And I saw those too. That's what like makes my brain want to melt is like, what do you want? Do you just want these skins in the Avengers game? Because that's boring. That's old. <laughs> Something new and you don't even know it, jackass. Give it a shot. Yeah, uh, I, I, I love it, but uh, I'm not going to, I'm not a 10 out of 10 guy. I'm an eight out of 10 guy. Uh, there's supposed to be more characters and more content coming in the future for the game. So that means more cards and more combos. So that's awesome, and I'm yeah. about that. Life. I'm saying I, I give this definitely a nine. Uh, I would love to see like a villains version of this next year. Uh, you fun. know, where where you could beat up just droves of good guys, and you could play characters a like versus Omega mode. Red. That'd be cool. No, not a not a versus mode. Just a uh, well, I mean, actually, I that would be pretty mode. fun. But speaking speaking of Marvel, uh, this is another game we've all been playing. Uh, Marvel Snap, which won Mobile Game of the Year, uh, is it's kind of become this whole thing. Like everyone's playing it. Both of my brothers play it. Uh, both of you play it. It's really fun. It is a quick card game. Uh, it reminds me of Smash Up, uh, where there are three. So there's three bases, and you got to have the most attack points on a base to win it. Whoever wins the most bases after six rounds wins the game um and they just have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of superhero cards all of them do different stuff all of them are cool there are variants that you unlock that uh some of them are dumb some of them are really cool it's a really it's a hyper competitive game that you could play a game in about takes like three minutes tops um very very fun how are you guys feeling about marvel snap i know know y'all been playing I still play it on occasion. I'm not playing it grinding as much as I was a few weeks ago, but I still play it almost daily. Um, but I still think it's really fun. I think the things that I thought it was lacking, ironically, the developer just came out with their development roadmap of the things that they're planning for the near future. And I'm like, oh, all the stuff that I thought that this game was missing is the stuff that they're actively working on. So yeah. that makes me excited for its future. Like um, being able to battle, battle each friends. Other. Yeah being able to do um, like other competitive modes and clans and things like that. I'm like, yes, that's the, that's the stuff that I want. Hell yeah. I, I love snap and I play snap multiple hours every day. Uh, I usually turn off my Xbox and play snap for like an hour or two before I go to bed. Um, 
Marvel Snap is just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's great. I think it's just absolutely fantastic. There's so many different card combos. Did I mention it's free? It's like free. You download it for free. You don't have to put any money in it. When you play it, you get little experience tokens and use experience tokens to unlock random cards. So you never know what you're going to get next. So that will inform your play style. The more cards you get, you'll have to redesign your deck around the good cards that you have. I think there's something really fun about that. Me too. Then you get these winning decks. And then you start to realize, well, I can make another winning deck because I have enough cards to build a movement kind of deck and a discard type of deck and then a kill type of deck. So now you have all these decks and all these combos. You can mix and match them. Uh, Basically, the strategy is, you know, you want half of your deck to do one thing and the other half of the deck to support that thing or to do something else successful so that your hand isn't just based on pulling one card. Uh, You never draw all of your cards in that game, even if you have a draw deck. That's true. You, you will never draw all of your cards. So it's a really fun card game in that way, in, in that you have a limited number of cards and you can almost force what's coming to your hand. There are lots of combos you can do. I just, I can't get enough of it. Marvel Snap's probably my favorite phone game I've ever played in my entire life. Uh, I mean, phone games for me really probably aren't the same. Game. I don't use my, my phone for games. Uh, this would be the first time in my life I've ever used my phone for games. So, yeah, huge, huge thumbs up for me. For being a phone game, 10 out of 10. But I don't, I mean, it's not 10 out of 10 for being a game game. I'm not sure where it stands. But, uh, yeah, like Jahan said, fans of Smash Up, fans of Deck Builders. Uh, fans fan, of Marvel. Fans of Marvel. People just want to do crazy combos with cards. If you're a card game player, uh, just please. This is such a good game. And I've heard people discount it because... It's Marvel, so it must not be good. It's mainstream. Shut up. Play this game. It's so good. Yeah. There are some deep-cut Marvel characters featured on some of these cards that I like. It was actually really funny, the timing of Marvel Snap, because I had been playing it, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special came out, but I already was refreshed on my memory of who Cosmo was. Uh, And then, sure enough, Cosmo the Talking Dog is in Guardians. So I was like, look, it's Cosmo! So there's just like immediate, uh, it gives you this, you know, recognition and nostalgia and all the things that you like about Marvel. And it ties, sort of ties into the movies, but not really. But it's just, it's just fun to see the characters, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, right now my favorite deck is my Venom Carnage kill deck. I love it. I have a blast playing it. Uh, good stuff. Marvel Snap. Check it out if you have it. It's free, completely free uh, on your phone. And we are not sponsored, so... You can trust us, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, and I'd like to be sponsored by Marvel Snap. That game rules. I only had two more, like, quick things. Uh, so, one, I don't know if you're aware of this, but, uh, so Ash Ketchum finally became the very best, like, no one ever was. Uh, to catch them was his real test, and to train them was his cause. Uh, he became a Pokemon Master. He, he did it. He did the thing. And... In a very interesting move by the writers, he's he. That's it. Like Ash Ketchum is no longer going to be the protagonist of Pokemon. Uh, they're introducing two new characters, a boy and a girl. Uh, don't know much about them, but there is speculation that maybe Ash is the the parent of one of them. Uh, but they, they Ash Ketchum, the the perpetual child of our childhood, is retiring, and now we're old. We're old as shit. <laughs> a cartoon child is retiring. All right, but yeah, he's gone. 
So Whoa, just cartoon FYI. retired. That's crazy. Yeah, cartoon retired. I it's... know people who can't <laughs> afford to retire. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and then my last thing uh, is just kind of a shout out to Game Pass killing it lately. Uh, they've given us High on Life, Dark Tide uh, coming up. I'm really excited for Monster Hunter Rise. Um, and man, there was another game that's coming out after Monster Hunter that I'm really. Oh yeah. Atomic Heart. Really excited. So, they've just been crushing it uh, also with games like Vampiric Survivor uh, and just overall just killing it, man. It's the best value in gaming still. Not sponsored yet, but hopefully one day. That's all I had to say. It is the Christmas season, and I know that you are hungering for Christmas movie recommendations. So behold, and get a kiss under the mistletoe, while I reveal to you my favorite holiday 22 Christmas films. Mmm, first on Netflix is A Boy Called Christmas. Mmm, yes. Second would be Home Alone, a classic but it's on HBO Max this season, and you can watch it with your loved ones. Along on HBO Max is the live-action Grinch. Ooh, what a great way to spend your chilly Christmas evening. Back over to Netflix, you should watch Murderville, an improv comedy show starring Will Arnett, where someone has killed Santa Claus. Oh, no. And finally, on Disney Plus is the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special with all original Christmas song sure to make you feel joy deep in your heart thank you for our guest appearance from uh the christmas whisperer i loved every second of that you were dying over there i was watching your face (laughs) thanks thank you i was staring at the uh the microphone typing topping out (laughs) but it actually wasn't too bad i was like is it too bad no it's okay um, that's it for my Christmas recommendations. That's all I've got this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about our top five. So there were a lot of things that I could have talked about this week that I didn't want to spend too much time on. Uh, for example, we just talked about how much I absolutely love uh, Wednesday, right? And so, a surprise, Wednesday made it on my top favorite shows this year. So we'll talk some more about some of that stuff next week. but Not as much, uh, yeah. That's, that's all I got. That's all I got, buddy. Well, I think in that case, we can probably wrap it up. Oh, you didn't want to um, talk about this is... the holiday special? Do we? Do we need? Do we want to talk about it? I liked it. Has everybody seen it? I, I did like it. I liked it. I did like it. Yeah. I kind of felt like... Uh, it was nice to have the Guardians back and have a little mo- bit more time with them because I think that that was the thing that was lacking from Thor Love and Thunder is I just wanted more of the Guardians. And so Fair. here it was nice that we didn't have to wait, um, you know, a full year or whatever until Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comes out. Um, I just appreciate that this is what it is. Like, it's just a little Christmas story. You know, it doesn't there's no big reveals. There's no big spoilers or characters popping up. And, and you know, it's just a fun Christmas story it with, was really funny. with the Guardians. It was really and, funny. It even has like a little bit of some some touching moments with uh, Yondu there. I liked the old-style Christmassy cartoon vibe that it had yeah. uh, to bring in like that, that nostalgic throwback to old cartoons. 
Uh, also, like I said, it had some original Christmas songs that were really funny. It was an alien band playing Christmas songs that didn't actually know much about Santa Claus. Um, and then Drax and Mantis, I thought, was going to be a weird pairing to watch. But they ended up actually being pretty funny and pretty likable. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe my biggest complaint was that just they kidnapped that the the plot actually the writing just going to kidnap Kevin Bacon. I think that's not as funny as they think it is. Uh, but I think I thought everything I, else actually worked. I thought it was just as funny as they thought it was. I'm I'm kind of more in the camp with Gary. I think I think when I saw the trailer for this special and realized saw that was the plot, I thought that was really funny. And so then going into it knowing that was maybe if I hadn't seen a preview, I would have thought it was way better. But from that standpoint, I don't know. That's that's why I'm kind of like I don't want to say underwhelmed. That makes it sound negative because I did like this special, but it's like. It's just a Guardians Christmas special. Like, that's that's it. And that's fun, and I'm glad it exists, but it's not anything that's going to, like, knock your socks off. This is the second of these Marvel Studios, you know, special presentation deals that aren't necessarily a full series uh, between this and Werewolf by Night. And I thought Werewolf by Night was um, better than this one. It definitely one. was. Werewolf by Night was definitely but, better. But this was but great again, for what it was. It's like comparing, it's, you know, it's apples and oranges. They're two completely different things. But this is a nice little visit with the Guardians. And uh, I'm really excited after seeing that Guardians 3 trailer because I think the new movie looks good. It looks really funny. Yeah, Yeah, Guardian, yeah, the hot. It was one of the best holiday specials that I've ever seen for sure. Uh, I thought it was really funny. But yeah. Check it out if you haven't seen it already on Disney Plus. But that's it for episode 69 uh, of Fresh Out the Podcast. I've been Jahananan at RockFact on Twitter. If you want to back us at our highest level, then we will 69 you. Uh, I'm Casualty CDG, and you can find me at Casualty CDG across all social media platforms. That's not legally binding. (laughs) We'll see about that. Um, I am Drew Munhausen at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Stay fresh. Stay fresh.